now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. Our special crew member, Tom, from uh, Velocity Aircraft. And, well, he's connected just plane radio on many levels and uh, starting to become a, a semi-regular crew member here as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio. The show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. But before we talk to Tom... And, uh, well, you know, he'll be part of the crew regardless throughout the whole show. we got to bring on Josh. Now, Josh, is uh, he works with us on our radio distribution network, uh, Talk Media Network for Just Plane Radio. And uh, he is an aspiring pilot, or he is a pilot, and uh, but, but he's taken a break like me, maybe not quite to the extent that I have in my flight training, but he's been out of the cockpit for, I don't know, a couple years. Is that right, Josh? Pretty close, Greg. Yeah, 22 months. Uh, 22 some months, of it due right. to COVID, things going on with life. But I yeah. I passed my written instrument course end of January 2020, and then we all know what happened. Right. So Yeah, it hit the fan <laughs> and uh, derailed his uh, flight training uh, for a while, but he's back in the cockpit now, and we uh, are being joined by him for an update. So you have uh, jumped back in there. and First off, you're training in what type of aircraft? What is the that? same type of aircraft that Dennis flies, a Mooney M20J201. There you go. All right. So uh, Dennis might be able to help out uh, quite a bit on this little conversation as he uh, gets back in there. And you just started back on getting your IFR certification or both of them. Is that the case or what? Uh, well, I'm already a, a licensed private pilot. So what's on deck is my IFR uh, yeah. rating, my instrument rating. But you know, I got to get the rust off. Right. I need a flight review. I need a complex endorsement. I need to be checked out in the aircraft. And then I'm going to go to one of the 10-day uh, IFR-centric courses before I go to the FAA examiner. Okay. Well, and when you take a break like that in between getting your private pilot and then uh, taking a two, you know, almost two-year hiatus before going for your IFR, that is not ideal. Uh, because you're a little bit off the, you were kicked off the horse a while ago, and you may have forgot a few things. And I know, you know, that rusty pilot program type stuff, you've been looking into that, and you've came across some uh, some tips on, well, for every year off, you should do what exactly, Josh? What does it tell you? Yeah, so I get these emails every week from pilot workshops, Greg, mm-hmm. and one just happened to be tailored right to my situation a couple weeks ago, and it said that the rule of thumb is, that for every year you've been away from flying, you should expect to spend one hour of ground instruction and one hour of in-flight instruction to help get the rust off. For every year, and, huh? So now is, for is you, this that's a linear scale, or is it a logarithmic scale? Because you know, I'm kind of concerned for a friend. You know, yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But, There's someone he knows that's gonna take. Uh, it's this is gonna take a while, but for you, it's it's only a couple hours. I mean, that's not too bad. And I mean, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's actually been a little more than a few. And I think that's because the other part of the advice they gave was they said to double those numbers 
if you're training to get back uh, to be instrument qualified. Mm. And I was almost done with my full instrument training uh, when I stepped away. Okay. So, well, has so, it yeah. been like, uh, you know, getting back up on a bike, so to speak, and you, you kind of remember a bunch of stuff once you get, you know, uh, get back in the cockpit and it, it all comes rushing back pretty quickly or what have you experienced so far, Josh? Very much so, except that I'm also in a new airframe, totally new to me, Greg. So I'm having to learn that airframe at the same time of, of taking care of, of all of the, the flight duties and the preparations and whatnot. So mm. that's probably the biggest thing and the, the biggest struggle. Uh, yesterday, as we were coming in, uh, plane is hangered at uh, Montgomery County Airport or Air Park, uh, which is KGAI in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Okay. I had to make a handful of trips back to the water tower to get set up so that I was holding exactly the proper altitude and you know, was, was squaring my, my box and doing everything to spec. Uh, cause my instructor who happens to be one of the co-owners in our, our Mooney club, mm-hmm. he said, no, I could have let you finish that out, but I'm going to be a stickler. I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah. And it's better that you learn it now. Well, you're, you're in pretty, uh, uh tight airspace up where you're training for that, right? Right across from the NSA and Washington. Uh, all, there, there's a few little things that you have to uh, navigate around to conduct this training efficiently and well, legally, I guess, right? Correct. So we are in the, uh, the SFRA around the Washington DC area. So we need to get our special squawk and clearance and everything from, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Poto- guys at Potomac and, uh, Funny part is, is I actually, this was before I met my wife, so I hope she's not listening. Yeah, never. We met a gal when we went on one date. She was with the, I want to say it was the North Dakota National Air National Guard or Army National Guard. And she was on the shoot down team. Uh-oh. <laughs> where she sits in, they sit in with the, the FAA. And, you know, there's the CIFRA, but then there's also the freeze, which is right around the heart of D.C. Uh-huh. And if you don't have your squawk and you're not flying your flight plan, if you're deviating and you're deemed a threat to the critical infrastructure of Washington, D.C., she was one of the, the fine, well-trained military professionals who knew how to shoot you down. Okay. So well, that, that's pretty good motivation to keep you in line. I know. I gave her my tail numbers at the time, and I said, don't ever take me out. Right. Um, yeah, please. Uh, yeah, <laughs> jot down these numbers, and if you ever hear them uh, shouted out on the radio, uh, put in a word. Right. Yeah, and I'd imagine right. you wouldn't want to have a leave on bad terms with that relationship either. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, no. I, and, and I, we probably don't even want to go there. We better just leave that one lie, Josh, just for your own Thanks, safety. Greg. <laughs> I appreciate that. Sponsor. But I'll tell you, you. That, that is extra motivation to keep you keep you in line so you know and and we kid but i'll tell you the same thing when it comes into flying around orlando international airport we have you know class bravo airspace that we got to navigate when we're flying around orlando executive it's pretty busy and like any busy airport you got to be on your toes and it kind of forces you to kind of zero in and 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 you know make sure you're doing things by the book and not playing it loosey-goosey because if you do you're going to get in big trouble And I think I'd only make you a better pilot in the long run. Would you agree, Josh? Totally, Greg. And, you know, Gaithersburg is a little over toward the the northwest side of the CIFRA. And we have to go out the Woolly Gate typically. And just flying on the perimeter also gets busy. I have no idea what a Woolly Gate is, but boy, it sounds cool. (laughs) 
you know? <laughs> it's a waypoint. Okay. It's a GPS waypoint, but they have different gates that uh, that you will declare you're going in or out of the Sifra through uh-huh. so that they can track you properly. And once you're out of the gate, they'll clear you out. Then you can fly VFR, and, you know, you'll squawk. 1200 and uh and then you can go about your business and right they don't they don't want to hear back from you typically until you're coming back in through the gate so you mm-hmm. actually file us one flight plan out and a separate flight plan back in okay but uh regardless don't violate the woolly gate or they're going to shoot you down and uh josh's neck neck of the woods i guess is that that fair yeah. Is that right? You'll have a woolly you'll have a woolly mammoth of a problem uh-huh. on your hands. There you yes. go. We'll go with that. All right, that that's good stuff. But you're excited. You're back in the cockpit, you're flying, you're feeling it. You're you know, you you're just excited to be back as a you know, uh, an active pilot again, I guess, right, Josh? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a point for every pilot. You either give up which is not in my DNA. Right. Or Never you push through. You get hard on yourself. You man up and you figure out how you're going to meet the standard. There's always been a point for me where everything starts to gel and come together. Right. And then it gets easier. I'm on the path. And there that's you go. All I can ask at this point. Now I got to put in the time. Nice. That sense of accomplishment is coming back to our friend Josh. Great Good update. Be. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on and letting me hang out with the uh, rest of the pilots in the lounge, Greg. There you go. Absolutely. Always. And we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter.
Airplane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. How do they get all that metal up in the air? It makes no sense. It also doesn't make any sense how much you're sweating. Ha! He thinks we're all going to die. This guy. If the plane doesn't kill you, I will. Looks like it's time for someone to take their sleepy pill. You're going to be This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and our buddy Tom, who's also uh, works with Velocity Aircraft, among other things. He he, he does a little bit of everything. And, um, you know, he's going to help us out as a, I don't know, he's turning into like a part-time crew member. Uh, and, he, you know, he, he's starting to step up above what I am, which is parasitic drag is what I've been ta- called over the years. So. Uh, consider that a compliment, Tom. Okay, and, and don't forget, this is a mean margarita. He does. Right. That is true. It uh, it's sun and fun. Yeah, he invited Dennis and myself over for some margaritas there at the camp campsite. You going to be firing up that blender there at uh, Sun and or not Sun Air Venture here at oh, the end of I, the month? Yeah, absolutely. Matter of okay. fact, I just got a. Matter of fact, I just put a second ice maker in the RV. So Uh-oh. I will be ready to be able to make. I'll be able to punch out three or four blenders of margaritas every every half hour. All right. Well, if you see uh, anybody wandering around or running a blender uh, way into the wee hours, uh, chances are it's Captain Tom so there at Air Venture. Are, are you all planned out for uh, Air Venture, by the way, in Oshkosh? Are you are you, uh, you got everything planned, or are you flying in or driving in? No, actually, we're taking the RV up. We're headed okay. up about the uh, from Merritt Island Farm, we're leaving about the twentieth of, of this month. Mm-hmm. And uh, take a few days to get one up there and get all set up uh, for uh, for Oshkosh the Air Venture. So we'll be there probably by. And it's about twenty one hours of driving as wow. opposed to you know, six hours and a velocity getting up there. But right. you know, I got the, the wife, the wife and the and the doggy Piper with us, so we'll we'll take a leisurely trip on up there. And then after after Air Venture, we got some some other itinerary. We're going to be headed over to Sturgis. For, for bike week over oh, there okay. spent a few few days there and then head over to uh minnesota to duluth i got a, a great friend of mine over there uh over there by cirrus aircraft and we're going to go up in his float plane and his baron and have some fun and some cool weather to get away from florida well th- that is true it is a little on the toasty side right now we're in our humid season where it's pretty much you walk out five minutes later you're like you jumped in a pool and there's not a pool within a mile. So it's just how, <laughs> how we roll in Florida these days, these days. And, and Tom's uh, getting the hell out of Dodge. I don't blame him. So actually last time we spoke to you, um, you had invited uh, Dennis and myself over there to velocity to do a, do a flight in one of those aircraft. But then all of a sudden uh, Dennis popped up with this engine overhaul issue and we haven't oh, had an aircraft to fly over. So we're we're still kind of navigating uh, through that. And we're going to cover that a little bit today, too. But before we get to that, I want to kind of bring, you know, everybody up to speed on what Tom's been up to. Because he does work with Velocity Aircraft and uh, works with them and flying those all around. And obviously, he's getting ready for Air Venture. But you were telling me before we went on the air today, it was Take Your Dad to Work Day. <laughs> yeah, my, what was, my what son, was that all about? Oh, it's pretty cool. I got I got a call from my son last night. Uh, he works for you know flight training professionals here in Orlando. One, right. of, one of your sponsors on your show. Yeah, he goes, Dad. Uh, you know, since the hurricane, all my students cancel 
cancel tomorrow due to high winds. Do you want to come over to the flight school and take a look and see what it's all about? I said, absolutely. Oh, so you haven't been there yet uh, until today, or yeah, is that is that the case? You know, I I flew into Orlando Executive. It used to be called Hearn. I flew in there right after I got my private license about oh gosh, about almost forty seven years ago. So mm. I flew in there after my my first solo uh, cross country after being a private pilot. A little bit has changed, first. probably is is my guess. Just just a tad, just a tad, right? Well, so but were yeah, you impressed, or, or it's, it's not Showalter anymore? It's Atlantic. That's about the only change, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. You well, wish, actually, the, wish. they still have the Avenue Showalter Avenue driving in there. I said, "Well, that's familiar," but yeah. but Andrew's there, so you know, I've been hearing about. It's funny how uh, this all started. You know, I've been listening to your show for your scuba radio for forever. Right. We apologize for listen- that. Yeah. I know. What can I say? <laughs> we all have our. But anyway, I started listening to. You know, just playing radio, I had to pick it up one time. And, and my son at the time was working on his commercial and getting ready to get his CFI. So uh, so I started hearing about flight training professionals and I, as I'm, I'm doing that. And, they, and it's kind of funny. When, when Andrew was small, my son, who's now CFI, uh, I used to tell him a bedtime story about I made this fictional character named Commander Kaminsky. And hmm. so when what so when play train professionals and then there was Ed Kaminsky and then right. Keith and everybody. Yeah. So before to unbeknown to my son, before he even uh got a CFI, you know, I had to lay a fire under his butt, so to speak. So I started I sent an email pretending I was my son to play train <laughs> professionals, hey, I'm getting ready to get my my CFI, and I live here in Orlando area. I'm just graduated from UCF and right. uh, I would love to work for you guys. So so one time, about a couple of weeks later, my son comes and says, Dad, did you ever heard of this school called Flake Training Professionals? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, I just got an email uh, from uh, this Kaminsky guy. and uh, Commander and, Kaminsky. Uh, yeah, so I kind of fessed up to him. I said, Andrew, I said, this sounds like a, a great flight school. And I looked up, and they got great reviews and everything else. I said, mm-hmm. you know, it's close to UCF where you live. I said, this is a great opportunity for you. So uh, he went over, interviewed with him, and he's he's been with him now almost two years, and he enjoys the heck out of it. Well, but anyway, go. when he called last night, and well, said, wait, 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 we got I got to ask: Did you come clean when you went in there? And said, hey, by the way, you know, I that was me who uh, asked <laughs> about the job. You never told him that, did you? You didn't tell, no, tell it. Yeah, I, that's I, right. I, I, and it's good. You know, Keith and Ed they never listen if they're not on the show. So you're still good. I just wanted to make sure we knew. What happened? You know, I went over there hoping to see Keith or Ed. Well, I knew Ed probably wasn't going to be, but I was hoping Keith would be around. But yeah, kind of like a kind of like a rain day, snow day. He wasn't in either. And there's a couple other instructors over there giving some ground school. And right. uh, then Andrew, uh, my son, put me up in the uh, the Redbird Flight Simulator. I, was, I got to do some, you know, some steep turns, and uh, that, that was kind of fun. Well, there you go. And, uh, nice. And yeah, the, they got the, an awesome facility over there. They've upgraded a lot of stuff. Oh, it's fabulous compared to the com- compared to the days when I used to in- instruct. You know, f- almost forty years ago, uh, in some little closet back in the FBO. This is dedicated flight school. I mean, clean rooms, big TV screens everywhere, right. iPads. Yeah, I mean, I was I was really wowed. I was impressed. Like this is almost like, and then they had each little room there, ground school room for pre-flight and post-flight, just like the airlines do. Yeah, and, yeah. This is well done. Then well, they got it together. I mean, we've talked they about it. Do. A couple of years ago, they were the flight school of the year with the AOPA's contest, and they continue to maintain a very high standard 
uh, outside of their I hiring agree. practices because <laughs> they don't evidently check uh, check out their email, uh, uh, you know, resumes <laughs> or something real good sometimes. But hey, he got it. The, your kid got the job uh, on his personality when he came in for the interview. It sounds like, but you just cracked the door open to the cockpit. He did. He for him. went in there. He, he kind of he wowed him, and then and, and just like your commercial says, a seasoned play professional. And Andrew is now coming up in two years, so he is seasoned and. Uh, Oh, there you go. Well, now I know who to write the cover letter for my next resume uh, when this whole thing falls apart. All right. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Hey, bud. Heard you're getting in on the flight game. Let me know if you... uh need any pointers uh this is my first time in a in a plane front plane front you know the plane front where the uh plane drivers drive the plane the cockpit oh cockpit yeah yeah sure yeah i've heard people call it that too yeah know it well know it well i want to ride in your cockpit take me high up in your cockpit i want to fly in your cockpit oh 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 boy you're gonna like this now we've been descending Right okay, now. this is already getting too so awkward. This is Just Plane Radio. I am Greg, your co-pilot, along with Captain Dennis and Tom from Velocity Aircraft. We'll just uh, wrap this up now and uh, continue on to talk about what's up with uh, with Tom. Because last time, not only uh, have you just did your, you know, take dad to work thing uh, with, with your son there, flight training professionals. But last time we were speaking with you, you had done a cross country on a new Velocity Aircraft. Uh, that a friend had purchased, I believe. Is that is that the was that the deal or what? It was a twin, I believe, wasn't it? It was a twin. It was a, a a doctor Jonathan. He lives out in Seattle. Yeah, he started building this aircraft from about four years ago, and uh, wanted and he came back over to Sebastian over down at Velocity and to re to redo the avionics and put the brand new uh, uh, Garmin panel in there. He spent about forty grand upgrading his avionics in there. Wow, and then a. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, what a beautiful setup. I and mean, you helped him fly green. it back uh, to his home port. Is that the deal? Yeah, we were flying it back to Seattle. So uh, we we topped off a few in the morning and got some uh, 
we put also installed an oxygen system in there. So yeah. we took off out of Sebastian, uh, made it far as Alabama on our first leg of the flight, got some fuel, and, and then continued on to uh, Kansas, got some more fuel, and then went up to uh, Denver, Centennial Airport. Uh, you know, dodging some weather, uh, getting in and out of clouds. It was, it was a great flight on the way over. The right. airplane was completely operational. Everything was working good. We stopped and figured we'll spend the night, and, and then we've already been eight-hour day. So he had some uh, – the doctor had a friend over there in Denver, so we were figuring we'll spend the night there and then leave first thing the next morning. On the way over, we had a little bit of oxygen problems, or I should say lack of oxygen problems here. Uh, we were well, that's at, not uh, good. Yeah, well, we're we're about eighty five hundred feet, but then we're going up to ten thousand five hundred, then up to twelve thousand or so to get over some weather. Mm-hmm. And I had the little oxygen meter for my finger, and uh, and I felt I felt myself getting a little bit of a headache going on here. So I put my little probe on my finger, and I'm you know I'm down under ninety five percent here, and I said, man, I should be at a higher percentage of oxygen in my my blood here. So we right. we went back down, and anyway. We get into Centennial, and it turns out we had some kind of leak somewhere in the oxygen system. We don't know where, but we should have had plenty of oxygen to make it all the way to Seattle. But by the time we got to Denver, it was down to zero. So we were mm. going to get it serviced there that morning. So we spent the night there. And then the next morning, we get to the airplane. We were going to get there nice and early uh, and blast off out of there and head on over to Seattle. And then uh, as I go to open the uh, canopy of the airplane, I look in the bottom and I said to the doc, I said, hey, doc, I said, my water bottle must have burst. It's all wet on the floor behind. I said, I'm sorry about that. I had a, I had a big water bottle on the back to say hydrated on the way over. Right. And I opened the canopy up and I stuck my hand in there and I says, uh-oh, this isn't water. This is, and I smell it. This is 100 low lead. And there's like an Whoops. inch of fuel in, in the whole bottom of the airplane. There's oh, probably geez. about 20. Oh yeah! Tell me. I thought this was an uneventful uh, cross country. This sounds like it got to turn into quite the uh, well challenging adventure. Well, which explains why he wanted you along for the ride, in case anything went wrong. You'd know kind of what to do immediately, being an instructor and test pilot and all that stuff. Well, we got anyway. It turns out that uh, uh, again, it was it was was a combination of things. We think that it was possibly when they filled the airplane up, they. when it kind of pressurized the fuel system and broke a, a sight glass in the back air. And we also had a tug that we attached to a fork that goes to the front wheel that might've leaned against. So it might've cracked a sight glass. So the combination of, uh, overpressurizing the fuel system and also the, the little tug, it might've cracked the glass. So like I said, we had like an inch of a uh, hundred low lead fuel on the bottom of the airplane. So I looked over hmm. at the docks and doc, we're, we're not going anywhere today. And, uh, so we got to pull out this interior and it's all soaked with uh, and, and find the problem. So that's a little bit out of my realm. I'm not an AMP mechanic, and well, I was going to yeah. start tearing in, tearing into the airplane. So, but you, but um, you couldn't smell any of that in the cockpit. That was in the the compartment where you store luggage and stuff. Well, you no, know, but it's all all one and the same. I mean, it's a little four seater airplane, so right. you can't. Uh, we can smell the fuel everywhere. And I said, even if we find a leak today with the strong fuels fuel smell and the interior all soaked with fuel we got to pull this apart and, and address this issue which we did and so i ended up spending a few hours there and i caught a flight back on uh from uh united back back to orlando to get home and he mm-hmm. had to have a covid test the next day because he was getting some operation on his knee and a acl so he had to be back tomorrow 
And so well, we just left the airplane there and we, uh, I just flew home. And anyway, to make a long story short, uh, the airplane is uh, on its way back to Velocity. We were, we were going to have to probably redo the interior and do the floors and, oh, and address the issue. But this is the first time in flying one of these Velocity, especially the, the twins. Are, I've ever seen an issue like that. And I've been doing this for, for a year plus now. And these airplanes are pretty much bulletproof. But, you know, it's just one of those it can know, happen. Things happen. Right. And things happen. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it wasn't an emergency, but you, I mean, you found it and, you know, you realize it. But I, I said the thing that like triggered you to look was just the fact that it, the carpet felt wet. You didn't smell it before this all happened or no? No, it, it, it must have happened if overnight when they pressurized the fuel system. You know, oh, I see. Okay. These things are, uh, they probably put the fuel nozzle under and it. And shot the fuel in so quick, it probably just burst one of the, the sight glasses in the I back see. here. But because on the way over, we never smelled you know, a hint of fuel at all. Right, and, uh, right. It was it was a great flight on the whole way over. Like, but as soon as you fan, opened it up that day, that day to to go, you're like, hey, wait a minute, something done. Oh something yeah. Right. When I opened, when mm. I opened the canopy, I got you know the strong blast of uh, smell of fuel. It says, uh oh, I say, doc, this isn't water. This is. I put my hand in or lift my hand up. And I says. This is fuel. I said, well, yeah. we have a major, major issue here. And mm. um, so, and so, and either way, we were planning, if they got the oxygen problem addressed, we were going to go straight across the Rockies. And if they didn't get addressed, we were just going to head up towards Bozeman, Montana, then cut across Salt Lake. And we could still stay at a lower altitude and over to the Oregon, then on up to Seattle. So we had to, we had an alternative plan to get to Seattle one way or the other, but after after seeing all that fuel in there and the smell of fuel, I said we we need to address this now. And but it'll all be straightened out. So, but I felt I felt bad for 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 Doctor Jonathan. I mean, here he got his baby back, all brand new avionics, a brand new looking airplane. And but you know, stuff happens. It happens. Right. With, uh, well, you made I mean, the right the, decision. Obviously, we did. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, didn't really did. have a choice. I would think at that point. No, yeah, we didn't have a choice at that point. Yeah. But anyway. Probably by the end of this month, this airplane will get the interior all redone and fixed up. And uh, matter of fact, I was down there yesterday for an employee meeting, and uh, I said, "What about the smell?" I said, "The smell's completely gone." They uh, they actually uh, again another little screw up. The FBO left the door open and it rained, and so not only did we have fuel in it, but the rain actually washed the the fuel smell out. So uh, anyway, we'll get some new interior in there, get it yeah. all redone, and uh, how much will that uh, break them? You think? You have any idea? Oh, that that interior was a custom made interior was about fourteen thousand dollars. Yelch. Yeah. yeah, but he's uh, a doctor, uh, so he can afford it. Is that? Uh... Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I think, but you know, just the way uh, Velocity is, we're not sure where the fault laid, but uh, Velocity, you know, they have tremendous, great customer service. We're gonna we're gonna take care of the interior for them. I mean, oh, it's not, really? It oh, wow. His, it wasn't his fault. We don't think the fight with the insurance company or the FBO. We don't know where the fault laid, but uh, Velocity stepped up their plate and said, we're going to take care of it for you, Doc. We well, there keep you go. Happy. And, well, that's awesome. Yeah, that, and yeah, then he'll so still perfect. get his uh, his baby back, and now it will be even more uh, improved yep. than the last time you had it in service. All right. Absolutely. We got more uh, aviation news and information to share with you next. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Colonel, with all due respect, that new jet is a death trap. It's the 1950s. Everything's a death trap. Now have three martinis, a pack of smokes, and get in that plane. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis and Tom. Uh, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so last week was 4th of July weekend. Hopefully you got out there and made the best of it in your own aircraft if you got one or had a buddy and could watch some fireworks and that kind of thing. But uh, I was thinking about this video. that I don't know, It's been out a few weeks, and I've been meaning to bring this up on, on the show for, for a while, and I figured, hey. I wonder if we had any more incidents after the 4th of July weekend like this guy where he basically uh, shot a video of his aircraft and he did a walk around and noticed that there was a hole in the top of his airplane from a bullet that evidently came from the sky. The only thing he figures it was out on the tarmac someplace exposed and uh, some rebel rousers or party goers may have shot uh you know a gun into the air and that bullet came back to earth and just happened to pierce the top of his aircraft and i was like gosh of all the things you think you got to deal with well from bird strikes to god knows what else falling on your airplane bullets were not one that i had thought about what about you dennis that's certainly the last thing that i'd be looking for i mean yeah, yeah. we do a thorough walk around but you know lo- inspecting the top of something like a uh, pilatus or you know whatever his, the airplane was that he was flying there is you know a good sized turboprop so it's yeah. not exactly convenient to go you know climb up and look on the roof but for him to do that and notice the hole there right like okay it was a very expensive fix too because it was a like you said, a, a, a turboprop or some high-end business jet thing. And I they thought had, I heard it was somewhere in, it was a couple grand for to uh, to put a patch in it, the seven rivets and $2,100 or something like that to fix it. It's, well, they, you know, had to contact, pressurized. they had to contact the engine uh, engineers from the manufacturer to even find out what the fix would be. And that cost them like four or five grand just to get the consultation. <laughs> He sure. covers this in the in the video in the YouTube video. If you just do a search on you know airplane Steve-o. hit by bullet or something, <laughs> I felt really bad for the guy. I really did. I mean, but it's an interesting video. But uh, once again, I've never heard of this happening in all your uh, years of flying, Tom. What about you? Have you ever heard of an uh, airplane being hit by a bullet falling back to earth like that? Or I mean, I you you hear about. People shooting at aircraft for various reasons, maybe, but you don't necessarily, you know, think of uh, like on New Year's Eve the next day, people reporting back like, oh, like crap, I had a bunch of bullet holes in my airplane from that had fallen from the sky from people just partying too much. Have you ever heard of such a thing? You know, not from partying too much, but uh, way back uh, before we merged with United Airlines, we were Continental Airlines. Yeah. A couple of our DC 10s coming in uh, into LAX, they, when they were having some uh, unrest going on in LA, right. they had they had some uh, well, some hunt, they had some uh, 
you know, 30, 30 shells they found inside the wing. And, exactly. Uh, found well, I'd like, yeah. like I said, I can understand. I mean, or I don't, I'm not condoning it or I don't really understand right. it. But, of course, we've heard about incidents where people are shooting at aircraft when they shouldn't right. be for various reasons because, you know, they don't like them or they're trying to make some kind of, you know, political statement or whatever the case may be or just have nefarious, you know, intentions. But. You know, in this case, it was in the top of the aircraft. Yeah, it literally (laughs) fell from the sky from some goofball drunk that was probably shooting into the sky or something. And and lo and behold, it fell. Unless you made the aircraft controller really angry and they walked out onto the tower or something. Well, it's pretty uh, hard to get the top of the airplane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know if they, that's a good point. I mean, I assume, I mean, that's what he said. He thought it was. You know, it just fallen from the sky, and it was in the very top of the aircraft, so it was kind of well, like they, strange. Well, then a couple of years ago, out somewhere in the uh, Tetons, a one one seventy two or a Cessna high wing, uh, he landed and he had an arrow, you know, bone arrow. He had an arrow uh, pierce his wing uh, <laughs> when he was on the approach coming in there. So, okay, I, mean, I think that beats the bullet. Right, well, it would be better, I think. If yeah, it was yeah, narrow, like, maybe I don't know. Uh, but yeah, in this case, I mean, that was a pressurized aircraft, so that's why the cost to fix uh, yeah. his his airplane was extremely expensive. Uh, but they they did get it resolved and and that kind of thing. But like I said, uh, interesting story or just something to be aware of. You know, maybe uh, it might it may pay off to just uh, house your aircraft in a hangar after like you know on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve or holiday weekends, just to be extra safe. I just uh, you know, I was just thinking. Yeah, I was just thinking. It's kind of ironic when you think of it. There was an arrow that went through a Cessna wing. Mm-hmm. You, you, you kind of get you get the gist of that. You would have thought maybe it was a Piper arrow. Ah, of Piper course. Tear. Well, yeah, there you go. Well, that only happens at Centennial, and it's a Cirrus and a Swearingen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, really. exactly. But, but you know, you got falling fireworks, uh, bottle yeah. rockets. You know, they'll just bounce off, I guess. But. Yeah. But bullets are another thing. So yeah, yeah. anyway, something to think about. Uh, some other aviation news and information that we got to share before we wrap it up today involves uh, commercial aircraft, which is what you know Tom's background is working with United and you know retired now, but he but now he works at Velocity as a consultant and test pilot and trainer and all that kind of stuff. But what is uh, going on with the commercial world right now, Dennis? Well, uh, been a lot of good news actually coming out of the airlines. Uh, Delta has, is looking at uh, adding a bunch of new airplanes to their fleet. Uh, United just unveiled that they're ordering 270 new airliners. 200 of wow. them are the Boeing 737 MAX, which is uh, obviously very good for Boeing, given the reputation that the MAX... Uh, well, they had a few uh, standing by. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> they got a few, maybe unsold ones that they got a deal on, uh-huh. but regardless, right. um, they put in an order for 200 of those airliners okay. and an additional 70 Airbus 321 Neos. Uh, so, you know, they're expecting that pick, business is picking up and what is? You know, the airlines were dumping a lot of airplanes at the start of the pandemic, you know, and accelerating the uh, retirement of some of their airframes. And now they're they're looking to pick up the slack and make sure that they've got capacity so that we can all get to our favorite dive destinations and other other holiday uh, 
travel and business needs and et cetera. There you so go. That's a good it's thing. It's looking good for pilots out there because we got to have people flying those 270 new airplanes. Right. Your son, uh, uh, Tom, is that his ultimate goal to following your flight plan and become a commercial pilot at some someday? Uh, or is he just happy uh, being an instructor for private pilots? Well, he's happy being an instructor for pilots, but the, you know, the bottom line and, you know, looking through the, the sight glass, he wants to, I like to see him in a, in the left seat of a United airliner here in a few yeah, years. Well, there the, you go. Uh, I, something I love to see. And, and, but not just Andrew. I mean, right now, you know, I've been telling my son that the time is coming. And even with the pandemic and uh, everything else going on, it's, it is the best time ever to get into the airlines right now or to get in aviation. We got, you know, guys like myself are just retired from United. And we have, you know, we got four or 500 pilots re- retiring every year for the next eight years delta has jet blue southwest american it's the best time ever to get to get your wings right now uh get your private work your way up and get one up an airliner and it's 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 the best job in the world there's, well, there there's you go. nothing like it is it's just it's such a wonderful job and a great career and you know i look back in 35 years i could you know i never went to work ever i mean I, there was never once ever where i've said how oh, i hate going to work today i don't want to do this i'm tired you know i looked forward to going to work every day of those 35 years that i did go to work and uh you know there's a few times you missed a few christmases with away from your family and thanksgiving and stuff like that but it's been such a wonderful career and such a a great place to, to be in uh, you know in the world. It really is. Well, there you go. I think that's a pretty good testimonial, and it sounds like uh, Tom has already thought about submitting his son's resume to the commercial airlines. Oh, absolutely. That's how he. There's a letter at the chief pilot's desk as we speak. <laughs> that's right. His son has no idea, but he might be getting a job offer from one of the commercial airlines any day now. Rosemary's already been sent in. Exactly. Of course. That's just how he rolls. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up till next time. Remember, there is no better high than learning, than to, learning fly. to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com.